0: I'm SP from the GetAgeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GetAgeek.com network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at GetAgeekNetwork.com. Welcome
1: to episode 33 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is SP.
0: Hey, how's everybody doing? You know, I know we talked about our theme music a couple of times ago, probably about a month ago or so. And I, you know, I like jamming out with it and everything, but I'm always curious in the post-production, if you're going to take that away and you're going to put another song in, just like Friends, when they did their intro and they recorded the intro, it wasn't to the Rembrandt song. It was to another song.
1: Interesting. Well, anywho, uh, I did clearly do it. Uh, That was that was done a couple episodes ago in the post show. And then I think we discussed it in episode 32. But uh, yes, uh, that is that is what it is, actually. But why are you letting everybody in on the inside knowledge, which is that they all hear that song, but we hear different music. That's what we hear. It's just it's copyrighted. So we can't really put it out to the audience
0: the the Rembrandt song I'll be there for you. No,
1: no. Um, the music that you and I listen to that is not that no. theme song. Which is it, it varies every single week. Some weeks it's something like Che Swift. Other weeks it's something like uh, Run DMC. It, it just varies week to week.
0: Yeah, all the stuff that I hate. I enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, I'm here to irritate. Hey, we're here with another Better Podcasting live chat. If this is the first time you've checked out the show, this is our companion show to Better Podcasting. And this is where we take listener and viewer questions from our chat room, because we do stream our recording sessions live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And we'll answer some questions there and run through some of the latest things in the world of podcasting in both our lives and if anything has come up in the worldly And lives uh, is a big topic. We'll talk about that as well.
0: Can we just in the future? Are we limited to say worldly? Because there's going to be human beings on other planets that (sighs) might be listening to podcasts.
1: Fair enough. I was going to say universally, but then that's also limited. So maybe we should say multiversal.
0: Oh, I like that. String theory, multiverse, comic book universes, everything combined. I like
1: it. Sounds good. (laughs) Let's start off with a question here. That's a straightforward question, but I want to bring it up here. It's from John S. Badger in our discord over at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. He said, how are you podcasters tagging your episodes? Do you utilize SEO somehow? And literally, how do you tag episodes?
0: It's a very complicated process of sneaking up behind it as it's sitting in a chair and tapping it on its shoulder and running away. Say you're it. That
1: that's the answer right there. There's no need to talk any further about it. <laughs> I
0: think I think we're pretty good. We both use similar tactics. We both use similar programs, but they're different programs that we actually use. In the Discord server, I replied with I use Tag and Rename to tag my episodes. In tag and rename, it's a simple fact of copying the tags from the episode that I did before, pasting it in, and then changing them, you know, changing the name, changing the episode number as the track number and that sort of thing. And then I upload it, and uh, then there are RSS tags that are integral into my RSS feed, which I use Libsyn to generate my RSS feed. And other people can use other things, either your podcast media host probably has an RSS feed, there's other RSS generators out there, in or or you can hand roll your own. I would discourage that just because it's needless, unless that is the geekery that you're in. And then it, those are the two ways that I tag stuff. Now, you do it similarly, but with different programs.
1: Yeah. For, for the ID3 tag, I use tag scanner, um, but This question, I think, could be taken a few different ways because of the do you utilize SEO somehow? And I'm not sure if uh, the question was specifically about ID3 tags or meaning like things to get people's attention when they're
0: searching on Google.
1: I don't know if in in a current environment there really is tagging for a website.
0: There used to be tagging that you could do in your RSS feed, but nobody supports it anymore. So if you put tags into your RSS feed, like Libsyn allows you to do it, it's it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything.
1: And the same goes for Uh, website, by the way, because back in the day, you would go in and you would put keywords in on posts and things. And also, again, meaningless now.
0: Right. So the SEO really comes in with your title, with your episode title or your post title. And then keywords that are in the write-up. Go ahead. I have
1: a question for you. You say it's the title. Does that mean that I should put as many keywords as I can into the title and my description?
0: I believe that would be called keyword stuffing. (gasps) You literally just put a bunch of keywords back to back. Now, you have to do something that's creative, catchy. Matter of fact, I think there's a couple of websites out there that are uh, title generators or it will grade your title. I forget what the names of those websites are. Uh, I'll have to find them and and get back to everybody. But you can do that and try to get catchy titles. You want to make sure a human can read it and Mm -hmm. it reads like a human wrote it, not just a bunch of keywords separated by semicolons.
1: I think that we have kind of undervalued the future of that concept SPI. And I'm so glad you brought that up because as people are looking for podcasts now, they are going to be looking in things like Spotify and other apps that they use because more and more people are familiar with podcasts and they're going to search and you you want to do something, I think, to hook people. And the title is probably one of the ways that they could. You could hook somebody because if they go and they're looking for a podcast on something like paint drying and they're going to look at the plethora that is. Uh, the, the, the paint drawing podcast. If you have a catchy title in there, maybe that will entice them to check out your paint drawing podcast. So I, I do think that the title and the human readability and enticement is going to become more important than, or, than or, or maybe more important than it is now than um the Google Foo, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I would stay away from Titles that seem like they're clickbait. I mean, like you write them and you go, okay, these are definitely clickbait. I would also try to tend towards titles that encapsulate the main thrust of your episode, the main topic of the your episode. If you happen to be doing an audio drama, like I know John Badger does, I would want to have it describe the episode. You know, we've both done TV-based podcasts, right? And as we're doing the review of the episode of the TV show, the title is always something that we refer to if only just to refer to the episode by something. And the titles of some episodes, TV episodes, are catchier than others, right? And the really catchy ones, you just you tend to remember quite a bit. And I'll just go Star Trek The Next Generation, since we both know a ton of those titles, right? Inner Light. Yeah, You you know what that episode is Mm -hmm. when I say the Inner Light. Yeah, uh uh-huh. the best of both worlds, you know, what part one and part two of of that is, right? So if you're doing an audio drama, you would want it to be descriptive, a little bit of what's going on in the background of the episode, uh, the main thrust of it anyway. So uh, just some tips, I guess, on on the title of the episode, and and that is the SEO part of it because we started. And what is SEO? I, m- I meant to ask you when you brought up SEO. I I know, but it, for our listeners' sake, what is SEO?
1: It's uh, Stevens Education Office. It's where I I have an office that you can come for my education program. Okay. No, it's uh, search engine optimization. Basically, it's what the search engines, it's it's basically creating content in a manner that benefits you within search engines is is what the concept of SEO is. And the thing with SEO, with search engine optimization is back in the day, it was very clear because Google wasn't as smart or or you know AltaVista or yeah who weren't weren't as, as smart as they are now so you were kind of crafting things to get on their algorithms a specific way because the algorithms were pretty easy to figure out how they work because they're basic but now Google knows everything including what you ate for breakfast even though you may not have eaten even eaten breakfast yet so it's a little harder to do SEO now uh, and so Obviously, there are things that you can do to better benefit yourself, but there's other factors in there, like even website usability on mobile versus desktop, depending on how the user is, their location, things like that. So um, yeah, that's the concept of SEO, not Stephen's education office.
0: Good. I'm glad we got that straightened out. By the way, if you want to ask us a question, you can come live every other week here at geeks.live. And go into our live chat and ask us a question at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. We were, we are here predominantly to answer your questions. If you can't make it, you can go ahead into our Discord server and drop a question yeah. there or send us an email at podcast at betterpodcasting.com.
1: Uh, let's t- talk about another question that came up because I think this has uh, potential to go down a couple of rabbit holes here. We had Kim Alloway uh, basically asked the following, and I'll summarize it. And and the the summary is, why is it that when I listen to the Gunna Geek show on my Amazon Echo show, it sounds like SP is very bassy and Chris and Steven are not? And this is not the only podcast that I've heard like this. And how do you deal with these different sounds? Because it sounds fine elsewhere. That's the summary of what it is. And basically, okay, so Kim was checking out the official going to geek show on I believe it was an Amazon Echo show. and, And that's what happened was SP was noticeably bassier on there. And also in there was mentioned that this is a problem that Kim has found with the Amazon device in itself in other manners as well and other podcasts. So not limited just to our show there. Well, this is this is the problem with doing EQ because every person is listening under different circumstances. And you don't know are they listening on that Amazon Echo Show? Are they listening in their car? Are they listening with Beats headphones that are horribly overbased? Are they listening with crappy earbuds that have no bass? A- and so so you really cannot suit everybody. And so I think when you're looking at things, you have to look at the overall, sample it in a few different ways and find something that you think overall works well. And unfortunately, in a situation like this, that's just too bad for that person. Now, if you're noticing that there is one show that is sounding worse than another show, then that might be a fault of that show. And so like, in this situation, if um, we had if we were the only one, that sounded super bassy, then I would probably want to know about that. Maybe do a few different tweaks so that I could roll off SP's bass a little bit. But the bottom line is, Chris has a much boomier, bassier voice on mic than Chris and I do.
0: You mean I have a much boomier y- voice? Yeah, I, I'm than sorry. You
1: and Chris. A- SP, ha- SP has a much bassier voice than Chris and I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I-, I both play to it and try to minimize it in my setup. And, you know, what, comes out just comes out i used to be a lot more bassier and i've toned that way down at least in the raw recording Mm. so it's still there but it's there and a little bit is there because uh, i it's just the way i like my voice i I like hearing my voice that way but i remember and i think it was with that stupid sure sm7b i remember getting into my car which at the time was a honda odyssey minivan. I got into my car and I listened. I was just trying out what I was producing in different areas. And I had headphones. I had speakers. But the big one was the car because that's where I was listening to most of my podcasts. And at the time, we're talking five years ago. I think that's where most people were listening to podcasts overall. So I'm like, okay, I gotta find out what this is like. I get into my car, I turn it on, and all I hear is boom, 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 <laughs> you know, from my voice. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I completely scrapped that and and started over again and and got away from the bassy sound. And I, I think it's beneficial. So there's that. The other part is I have an echo show as well. Mm. And that thing, it's made to accentuate the bass Mm -hmm. by projecting down onto whatever countertop it's on because it's meant to actually be on a countertop and to uh, reverberate the bass sound there. That's how it gets its big, deep tones when it's playing music. Unfortunately for podcasters, that means that if you're playing the same podcast with the same EQ that these songs are, are being played through the echo show, then it's going to sound like you have a a really bassy voice. And in my case, my voice does have bass in it and Steven and Chris's have less bass in it. So you're going to notice it more with me anyway.
1: And just as, as an FYI um, the way that I do have it set up on the gonna geek show is that sp's only eq that i apply is a roll off of of, of the bass like it, it's literally um mm-hmm. flat otherwise but i do roll off his bass and that's still the effect that that just is there and conversely chris i i have a little bit of lift on his as well because he, he's raw recording his re320 microphone uh, our co-host by the way is Chris Farrell on the Gonna Geek show? That's who we're referring to, and um, his he, because this is flat. I, I add a, a, quite a bit of of the upper end, and also um, ha- have a little bit of the bass as well because he's not going through a DBX 286 or anything. So I, I'm kind of yeah. simulating some of some of the things that I think that that microphone needs a little bit for an average voice. And um, I, I basically, yeah, it, it's just the fact that I guess he pro- SP probably has has a, a a uh, bit of a lift naturally in the frequency that just the echo show likes, and so really all you can do from a podcaster perspective is sample in a few different spots and find what you think works overall the best, and and roll with it. And and at some point listeners have to deal with it. And and if you think of it from a perspective of broadcast or from movies or from music, in the end that's that's the same thing that all of those creators do is say, deal with it. If you're listening or watching a movie with a crummy center channel, the voices are going to be hard to hear. And that's on them. If you're watching an action movie with your sub turned up too high, again, going to be too much booms and and things like that. That's on them. So these are all things that at some point it becomes a listener problem if you are kind of average things out. The other thing I yeah. want to... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: So, just to reiterate, when I'm producing my own stuff, my own show, it doesn't matter whose microphone it is, I use what's known as a high-pass filter or low-cut or low-frequency filter. And I roll off anything uh, around 100 megahertz, or, uh, excuse me, 100 uh, hertz and, and on down. Uh, it's just to get rid of that and then anything else in the background that may be a low hum in the background gets rid of that too so i inherently do that myself when i'm uh eqing my own stuff and it, this is kind of weird because this is the first time steven and i have been talking about this uh, how we eq yeah. my voice and yeah we both do the same thing we roll off the uh the low frequencies
1: which by the way the the roll off that that on the bottom half I know it's a hot topic right now. I'm going to put it out there. I think that that it's a more of a non issue than some people would have you believe because I think that these problems that some people cite on the super low ends, like I got no problem doing it because like it's not affecting the audio, but I think some people are, are really like this is the hill that I die on and I think to a degree it's back to that listening platform being the problem. If your headphones are are really showing you all of that nuance in the lower end and that's all you hear. Maybe your listener listening platform is the problem because the I think the odds are like on the Echo show, you're not going to hear a, all of that low, low frequency. I think with a lot of headphones, you're not going to hear that low, low frequency. So like, I, I don't think it's as, as much of an issue as people are making it to be because it, it is a buzz thing in the community of podcasting right now. But uh, whatever, I do it anyways.
0: I, I think it's been around for a while anyway. And mm-hmm. here's the other thing that it helps. It helps when you have background noise. So if you have an air conditioner on in the background with a low hum Disagree. or a, a motor, motor or something like that in the background, um, it, well, it, it can reduce that ambiance.
1: I, I think like my experience use like trying to get rid of that noise is that anything short of the RTX plugin doesn't work. It, it, it basically, like, I've tried to EQ down the lower ends. Mm-hmm. When you hit that level of air conditioners or thing humming outside your door or whatever, my experience is that goes up well past that roll-off, that yeah, safe roll-off true. area, and now it starts to affect the voice. And then you're distracted by the voice sounding really messed up. So I, I don't buy okay. into to that, that theory myself
0: it depends on where your listener is annoyed by and there are some listeners that are just annoyed by the the big bass you know i, I don't even know if it's going to come through because we roll it off <laughs> but you know that 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 big bass sounds, and some people are like yeah oh, turn it off turn it up but i completely agree with you it's very few chances are you going to just get that below 100 hertz sound. It's going to be a frequency range. It's above yeah. that. So you, you're not going to eliminate it, but you're going to eliminate the lower bass sound.
1: So, yeah, I guess if people want to do it, they can do it. I do it because I, I, I've for years edited in platforms that I throw my effects on and forget about it. So it's, it's not something I, it's not costing me any time every month, I, every week. I, I set up that and it just applies. So there you go. Forget about it. Exactly, set and forget. But I do want to mention on this note. I wanted to test this because I have an Echo Show eight in front of me, and so I uh, gave it a test playing. And um, I do have to say that uh, it was relatively easy to do. I said a word, play the official Gonna Geek Show. Didn't know what that was. So then I said a word, play the official Gonna Geek Show podcast. No, on podcast, and it started playing on Apple Podcasts with a little Apple Podcast logo right at the top there. So uh, yeah, a little, uh, because it's a visual Amazon device, it has a little bar that I could go and jump through. I could go to the previous episode and it also did announce the title as well when I went to do that. And um, yeah, you know, this Echo Show 8, I have an Echo Show 5 as well. It has more of a lower end than the Echo Show 5. I didn't hear a problem, so I do believe that that's exactly what you said. Is the Echo Show itself is probably quite a bit heavier because I didn't really notice that much of a difference between your yourself and Chris and I. Nothing that was distracting on that. And Echo Show Eight, I believe, is it, it's a little bit newer, so they've brought, Amazon probably w- worked out some of their audio kinks in there. Um, but I will say that on the other end. The higher end, where where you start to hear artifacts of people with line, noisy lines and things like that. If if you, I actually heard quite quite a bit of a difference between some of us in sort of that that area. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but I was pretty impressed actually with with the variety of of audio that I heard on the upper end. So
0: nice, it was cool and I, e- easy easy
1: to use as well.
0: I have been listening to both podcasts and radio. Okay. On my Echo Show. So it's, it's an actual show. So it's 10 inch screen, right? And uh, the radio, like WCCO radio out of the Twin Cities, uh, AM 3 or AM 830 is the, the WCCO frequency. Anyway, it was playing, I forget if it was iHeartRadio or whatever, but I just asked the A word to play WCCO radio and it, and it brought it up, live feed. And it sounded like a freaking FM station. <laughs> it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like, uh. <laughs> so then it was like, okay, let's play better podcasting. So I was listening to better podcasting and it didn't sound as bad, it, it, but you could clearly tell that there was deep bass sounds. Now I have more A devices in the house and I went to go play better podcasting and WCC radio on a few of those. And, you know, when you get smaller speakers, you get. As you were saying, you get the less variety. So I did a little testing, but probably not as much as you.
1: Uh, one other thing that I just want to mention, by the way, while we're talking about these Amazon devices, I also have in the car an Echo Auto. And yeah. um, a while ago I was testing it and I found out that if I just said play better podcasting, it works because I think we're in the actual Amazon yeah. podcast directory. That's the thing. Yeah. Is the official "Gonna Geek show is not currently in there. So I did with, with there, I just said, play better podcasting, and it started to play. Well, I was out with the kids the other day, and um, somehow we got talking about better podcasting. And um, it made me... Re- it was just after I released the fake 250, the 249A uh, of better podcasting. And I'm like, oh, I think the kids will think this is funny. Because they know, if, for those of you listening and watching... They know who SP is, right? They they usually say... They've, they've
0: talked to me. Yeah, yeah, they've
1: talked, and they usually say, hey, say hi to SP for me, Um, which I never pass along, by the way. So they always say, say hi, SP.
0: So, oh, so whenever I say, say hi to the kids for me, you never do? Pretty much,
1: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. uh, but, but it, Sorry, boys. <laughs> so, so I showed them that, and it was easy. I just said, hey, play better podcasting, and that came up. And just so you know, they thought that it was hilarious that you were a uh, text-to-speech voice, by the way. so
0: <laughs> I would assume they would. That was, that was a funny, fun one. I mean, I was in the middle of crap, but that was a fun one to listen to. Uh,
1: we were talking about Apple Podcasts a second ago. Why don't you give everybody an update about your Apple Podcasts?
0: Yeah, we talked about it on the last Better Podcasting main show, but if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, that would be Better Podcasting episode 251. The night... That we recorded that, which was just this past Friday night, so like four days ago, was like hours after, an hour after I found out that I have access into my Apple podcast accounts. I have two of them, remember, and uh, smattering a podcast between the two. And I had been stuck in trying to log into it, but then diverting to the iTunes Connect panel instead of the Apple Podcast Connect panel. It was really infuriating because everybody that I knew that got in and there were issues that people had to get in, but everybody that was getting in or could log in was going to the Apple Podcasts. I had messages back and forth to Apple support, whatever. And then my life just got too busy to really worry about it. And I know it's kind of a bad thing because this is kind of the lifeblood of the podcast. Apple does service a lot of the listeners, either through... Apple itself or through the API that goes on to other places like Overcast and places like that. And I read once that they said, look, at the end of May, iTunes Connect is going away. Make sure you do all the preparations to be able to log into Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't, we're just going to transfer your account anyway. So I was like, okay, well after I forget how many, four or five rounds on both accounts, going back and forth to Apple podcasts, taking videos of what was happening on screen, sending it to them and them not being able to solve anything. I was like, you know what? I just, I, I know I should probably continue this because it's more than me that's suffering here, but I just don't have time for it. So I waited to the end of, of May, which it was this past weekend. And guess what? I, I got in and I have all the functionality I haven't fully explored, but I've explored more now than when we recorded better podcasting 251. One of the interesting things in there, even if you aren't signed up for the subscription model, is you can have more than yourself have access to the account so they can see the statistics. They can upload, they could change the RSS feed, you know, all the backdoor stuff mm-hmm. in Apple podcasts that you're able to do. And uh, we're in the process of giving Steven access to the better podcasting uh, stats and stuff like that, because it is under my account on Apple and uh, we'll let everybody know what happens there, but you know, there's the stats and there's the ability to do the multiple accounts and, and uh, there's other stuff in there too. I just, I haven't had time to explore it completely, but I am in now. So that's good. And I know a lot of people got stuck with the, they can't even log in. And from what I can tell, Apple has said that they've solved everything. So if you're still having issues trying to get into your account, you do need to contact Apple support and go through that rigmarole to try to get access to your account. Otherwise, it might be lost.
1: And as you know, SP's experience with Apple, 10 out of 10 service, right?
0: Yeah, all <laughs> ten, 10 times. It was, it, yeah, they they hit the mark every single No, No, they didn't. Uh, you know, at least there was communication going back yeah. and forth, but it was, it seemed like a different person every time they didn't understand what was going on. And part of that is, I don't think they understood what was going on in their own program.
1: <laughs> quote, to ensure we are delivering the best experience for creators and listeners, Apple Podcast subscriptions, and channels will now launch in June. End quote. This is a quote from Apple about the subscriptions. I just wanted to mention that because this came out a few days ago that the subscription, the Apple Podcast subscription service is delayed. They were hoping to have it out there, but now they are, it's an indefinite time in June.
0: You know, when it comes out, when the Spotify com- stuff comes out, when Luminary is back on the same level with everybody, we're, I-, I would say by the holidays this year, maybe before that, we're just going to get inundated by how much money people are making through subscriptions. But <sighs> then there's going to be, Uh, analysis out there of how many subscribers that these accounts actually have to begin with in order to make the money. So for your average hobby podcast, getting 150, 200 downloads per episode, you're not going to make a whole heck of a lot. Uh, You might make some, but you're going to pay overhead. Uh, I believe it's $20 per country that you do per year. So that can add up really quick.
1: That sounds like something I'm not interested in.
0: No, you don't say. <laughs> I mean, you could do the same thing with effectively with like Patreon, where if you're a streamer only on YouTube, you can do a YouTube membership. You know, you yeah. can do that over there. I mean, there are other ways to do it besides these subscriptions. And of course, there's a whole vernacular that's changing now too. Whereas for years we were saying, and we've talked about it before, we were saying that you need to subscribe to the podcast. And everybody thought, well, oh, I can't subscribe to it. That means I'm, I'm uh, spending money. Well, now you are following the podcast and uh, subscribe means that you're actually going to have to pay money. So Which, th- there's a whole learning thing that's going to go on between podcasters and listeners here in the coming years.
1: By the way, that whole subscribe thing, after we talked about that on Better Podcasting or live chat, whenever it was, th- I thought of the ultimate thing that was that made it a non-issue. For like decades, websites, you have subscribed to their newsletter. <laughs> like, and, and there was never, there was not payment. It wasn't like, oh, I better not subscribe to this email list here. It's gonna charge me. No, like, come on. That, that's, that's probably where the subscribe to the podcast came from was because subscribe to the mailing list has been, literally been decades.
0: I I will agree with you, but I also understand the mindset of somebody going into, uh, let's just take iTunes. I know it doesn't exist anymore for most people. Let's just take iTunes. Going into iTunes, if you buy a song, you're actually paying money for it, right? If you buy a TV episode, you're actually paying money for it. So they might, you know, the mindset, you go into the podcast part of Apple you might think you have to pay something like 99 cents or whatever to get it. And and for the most part, it's free. There are some big ones. If you are just getting into listening to podcasts, odds are you're probably going to go for one of the big ones. For example, Joe Rogan's show, which yeah. is exclusive on Spotify. In order to, to listen to it, you have to have a Spotify subscription. So I, I think the public is is going to have to go through a little bit of okay, this is my free over the air broadcast TV stuff. And here are the premium channels over here that I have to subscribe to that mentality with podcasts. And we're in as a hobby podcaster, you're going to be free over the air. There's going to be very few of us hobby podcasters that are going to be able to monetize to get that subscription to work for you.
1: Uh, I think that you have inadvertently um, nailed the actual reason. And and I I don't, Believe for a second it's anything with confusion. I with a
0: nail gun, yes, or with the nail gun exactly. Okay,
1: And, and that that right there, I believe is why they have done it is because of the divide. I believe that this is industry created that they want to use the term "subscribe" for the paid channel and differentiate it, and that's what they want to do. They want they want to differentiate that there are subscriptions, Apple Podcast subscriptions. And they are the ones doing it. it. I think, you know, anecdotally, I think that if you went and you asked Joe Average about podcasts,
0: because again, we've talked... Wait a minute. Is Joe Joe Average different from Joe Rogan?
1: Joe Average is different than Joe Rogan. And Joe and Jane Average are pretty much the same people. Um, Because we've talked about how podcast familiarity has increased significantly. When that familiarity comes, that that is no longer a problem because people, like, let's say that there was no podcast subscriptions because we know it, we know, sorry, no podcast mo- monetary subscriptions because oh, okay. we we know in six months from now, there's going to be a balloon of them compared to where we were this time last year. So if we put that aside, because up to this point, it's been largely non-paid unless it's behind a specific paywall like Patreon or something like that. On average, you go into a, a podcast, a podcatcher, you are not paying. This familiarity, this is what has p- these people who have discovered the podcast world are used to. So there's no expectation that they would be paying for a subscription. It's why people go and without problem subscribe on YouTube to things because the culture around YouTube has been clearly you press the subscribe button, I'm not paying for that. That is what has been established in podcasting. There was concern about this in yesteryear of podcasting when people didn't have that familiar familiarity with podcasting. It was a valid concern years ago, but it's it, it, we're past that day. We're past the, the point of having to expose, like really fight to expose podcasting to the mainstream. There are so many people that know about podcasting now that never did three years ago, two years ago, and that culture has been established with subscribing being free. So now they want to take that a different way, which is why I say 100% it's industry driven to use that for paid reasons. That's my theory.
0: I I think that's pretty obvious it's so. the industry wanting to make more money yeah. yeah
1: but but you know some people are pitching it as well it's, it's a confusion thing no it's not the confusion thing it's because people want to use that term for the paid services
0: sure and again <laughs> most hobby podcasters it it's something that unless the and, and i've talked about it before unless this changes the whole industry where you have to pay to have your show listed in right. a directory like Apple Podcasts, it's, it's not going to affect you. Uh, although, just pay attention because eventually you might get to that point where it is an issue that you have to pay to get listed in directories because uh, these companies need to make money somehow. And for almost 20 years, it's been a lost leader for Apple. And now they're looking to make some money out of it. So I don't know, maybe.
1: Hey, random question for you. Let's take a hard left turn now. Uh, how's, your, how's your chair hunt going?
0: I haven't had a chance to do anything, but my chair is squeaker than crap, and it's <laughs> annoying me. I don't know if you can hear it or 100%
1: not. 100% we could hear it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I need a new one.
1: <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'm dialed in for now. Um, I ended up going with one that's similar to my office chair, which is uh, entirely mesh. Um, well, except for the plastic frame. Um, I have a I work... It's you know corporate office, or I'm sure it's something like Herman Miller or whatever, right? Like it's not a cheap chair, um, but it's it's the mesh style where it's mesh back, mesh bottom, lumbar spark. and um, or would you prefer lumber support because you might need support after your uh you go to the hardware store and you see the prices of the lumber, uh, so
0: th- there's uh, I need lumber support after I'm done doing my lumberjacking because I'm an old man and that hurts my body.
1: That's that's true too. Uh, and, and you know what I like about it. I I'll be honest here. I don't got a lot of cushion in the in the old derriere there, and uh, I I do like the fact that I I am not sitting on something that is hard plastic because like a lot of the chairs that I'd cycled through here over the last little bit, trying to find something. After a bit, I'd start to feel that that plastic that was under there, and the last chair that I had, it. Ha- it didn't have this problem because it had so much cushion, but that created a bit of a problem with sort of the angle and the back support just because there was so much cushion there. So, uh, so far, I think I'm liking it. Uh, the only problem that I have is that uh, if I'm, you know, it's it's summer weather now and sometimes I sit not very well when I'm editing, like with, you know, one leg tucked under my, under the old derriere there. And uh, I got to get used to the the mesh on top of of. Um, basically i i got to not sit like that cuz otherwise the mesh is rubbing on my skin
0: oh oh and and compressing into your foot yes and making in indentations in yeah. your foot that's yeah okay uh, i have a mesh chair at work i've had it for quite a few years and i enjoy it quite a bit steven just stood up so you can see what a, a mesh chair looks like at least the back of it and uh, you know what steven i'm waiting for i'm waiting for the mesh gaming chairs because yes. i know that video gaming chairs are where it's at <laughs> so as soon as the mesh then gets to the video gaming chairs then that that will be and you know it's coming too by the way because everybody's transitioning to the mesh as being the better uh different uh, office chair to have from home uh there's various different levels i i don't know what price point that you settled on but Think if you can find a good mesh chair from like the three hundred to five hundred dollar range. Yeah, and man. I know just a lot of hobby podcasters out there. You're like, ah, that's my entire budget for my podcast for five years. Yeah, okay, I get that. So you're you're not worrying about your your chair, but for us older men and older people that are podcasting, the right chair is something that you need to worry about. Plus, the noise that this thing makes is freaking annoying. And uh, I, I want to get rid of that and go with a new chair. And we said five years ago, when we both got newer chairs somewhere between three and five years, we'd be looking for a new chair. It's f- it's five years. I mean, this, this, the, the leather, the pleather, whatever you want to call it on this thing is starting to come up. It's time to retire this and, and get a new one. So uh, I talked about it before and I just need to uh, go through it. I've had life happen. It's, it's not yeah. been a good year. It's, this is just really annoying for me. and, I do need a new chair. I can't wait for the new chair. And I'm glad you found one.
1: We'll see. Uh, it is it, one of the things is though I am working at home and I will likely continue to be partially working at home for the foreseeable future. Um that's just the way the company's going. So I I do have, you know, we, we got to see how it withstands day-to-day use as well. So um h- however, uh, back to your problems, uh let's talk about last week's better podcasting. Oh. Because I, I, we, we touched on it in Better Podcasting episode 251, but let, let's just lay it all out here right now. Uh, last week, we did not record on our usual Tuesday because SP had internet problems. So he had been having problems a few days leading up to that. Somehow we managed to do the Gunna Geek show on Monday. And I'd said to him, like, "This, this was going into Monday. Our co-host there, Chris, and I had been prepared that if he all of a sudden couldn't come because his internet dropped out, we would go without him. If partway through the show he dropped out, we'd acknowledge it and move on and continue on. So that was fine. But when it came to better podcasting, not as easy when you've only got two people and we want us both to be there wherever possible. So uh, we made the decision to move it to the Friday because that would give him a few days to talk to the techs and hopefully get things worked out. And how that all work out for USB?
0: So it's really good that we made that decision because Tuesday, when we were going to record, my internet was hard out. It was completely out. No cable, no internet. It was a complete black hole whatsoever. And it was listed as a general outage when I tried to call it in. So I couldn't even talk to a tech or whatever. What had happened was all the issues that I'd been having before then and that I had been reporting and then a couple of my other neighbors had reporting enabled them to isolate the issue down to a line issue and it was a 90 degree coupling and a little bit of the line had degraded because uh the 90 degree coupling had cracked and allowed natural weather to get in there and it allowed the the coax line itself to degrade and not to get too rocket sciency on you or electromagnetic sciency on you but the coax needs to be shielded in such a way so that the line noise that's going, the signal that's going in there basically reflects inside the uh, the sheath and is able to transmit from point A to point B. And it wasn't able to do that. So they replaced that part of the line, which is great. The problem is they did it at night when most people are at home. At least they didn't do it during the business day because there's a lot of people like Stephen that are working from home now. And uh, so they did it at night Uh, It took them like four hours and they told no one to expect an outage. And I don't think their system that they, I use Spectrum, which is a division of charter. I don't think their system enables notification that we're going to be doing some line work in your area. They just have an outage system. So when an outage occurs, then the outage is there. They don't say prepared for an outage. They just have the outage. So I was arrayed. I I called. I had a tech come out, and the tech was out the next night, and uh, he was diagnosing a problem. There is another problem, which I think they might have fixed by now, but there was another problem going on. but So this tech was just pulling his hair out. He, He... Literally pull out all the stops, and he was testing everything to try to replicate the problem, because I had the problem for five consistent days, and it was due to the heat that was coming into the area. And uh, he couldn't replicate. It. He's like, "I don't know. So he talked to his boss, who talked to another supervisor, who talked to the line boss in the area, who talked to the crew that had been out, and then all of a sudden, light bulbs went off with them, they said, "Oh yeah, we were out there changing the line." Oh, well, it would have been nice to know that. So supposedly the issue was fixed when the guy was out here, but it wasn't. There was a secondary problem with some amplifiers along the line, and they were going to go chase that down, which I think they did because I haven't had a lost packet in a while. What I do is I send a continuous ping, and if you don't know what that is, I am sending a signal out in the internet to a server that is considered rock solid. In this case, Google is generally considered a rock solid Uh, uh, signal to ping back and forth. There's a few of them. I use Google, but there's a few of them out there. And uh, you get into a command prompt and you set this DOS command, this DOS command that's been around for about 40 years, right? Ping, and it's continuous. So you do minus sign T and then you do the IP address, which is 8.8.8.8, which is Google. And then it just continually pings. And each ping is a packet. And I was getting a lost packet enough so it was about 1% of the packets to be lost. And that is too much, in my opinion, to, uh, especially to do what we do. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you guys need to do better. I'm not paying for 1%. I'm paying for 0%. I mean, they actually consider 1% to be acceptable, but I know it's an indicator that something else is going wrong. So uh, they were going to do that, but it's a good thing that we changed our... Tuesday night recording because we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to do it. Now we have talked how I say my podcast before about how we would get on a phone or whatever. And we're just like, you know, we, we don't need to be live on Tuesday night. Let's just do it later and make sure that the issue is dealt with. The cool thing though, about all this is my internet was working well enough. So my ring doorbell actually caught the conversation of the tech, very nice tech named Josh who is explaining the issue to me. And then I grabbed those videos and uploaded them to our discord server. So anybody can understand what I was going through by watching those three minutes of this tech explaining hmm, how stupid his company is, I guess. Allegedly.
1: Uh, Last thing that I just want to mention right now is uh, we do a video show. We've talked about that before. You might even be watching us at Geeks.Live right now, watching us with the video side of things. And the way we've been connecting in recent has been a thing called OBS Ninja. We talked about that on this and Better Podcasting main show. And uh, yeah, it looks like the creator is renaming it to VDO. So
0: V-D-O victor delta oscar
1: dot ninja and so um the consensus is that it's a play on the word video and i think that this is a smart is it? yes i i believe so and uh, I'll, I'll save why it makes sense because i i don't want to make assumptions but i i do believe it, it makes sense um
0: yeah, Anyways, to rename it and get it, away from OBS, which yeah. was so, conflicted with OBS Open Broadcast.
1: So, so that's where I was kind of going with this, is because um, when this creator Steve, not me, made this, he created it for use with the program called OBS, which is a streaming or, or a, basically a streaming service. It's a it's a video um, program. Uh, we here use XSplit, but a lot of people use OBS. It's free. And so he he made it with that. So he was calling it like it's OBS Ninja, the ninja of OBS to connect people. And he's done a lot of development with it. And there's been a lot of different people using it and people who aren't just using it on OBS like us. So I think this is smart. I also think that he was doing himself a disservice calling it something else. I'm thinking because it's open source and there's other forks potentially and whatnot I think he probably never would have gotten in trouble for using obs potentially but I think that there could be problems if if um you know he wanted to capture his name and and even though he's released I believe he's releasing his project open as well um but but it, it's kind of tied back to someone else and I think you know like he takes donations for it he doesn't charge for it I think that there might be some people that look at it and go, "Ah, OBS is free. Why would I pay for this? I don't pay for that. So I think that it's good that he's done this and spun it off to its own specific name because I think it gives him better credit. So, so far, it's been pretty good for us overall. Yeah, there's some quirks on occasion, whatnot. But uh, I will say like tenfold, and that, that might be an understatement, tenfold, it has been updated compared to everything else that we have ever tried over the years. Like it's way he's putting out like new versions every month, basically.
0: So question for you, if this does devolve into or evolve into a paid subscription, what are you willing to pay for it?
1: I currently pay the uh, sponsorship on GitHub for it um, because I use it for this and I'm going to geek show. I yeah, I, I'd have to see what was offered at the time. Ten would be my cap probably per month. I I would think 10, 10 US a month.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I I've, I've been thinking about uh, restream or paying for StreamYard and and that sort of stuff. And I just for Legends of Shield on the video side of things, I just don't get the traction to justify it. So as long as there's a free option, why sort of thing. But if I do, I don't think I'd pay more than ten. I think I. would want to go more towards five? A limited functionality of $5, I think would do for me. But I know for a lot of people that want all the bells and whistles, yeah, you should probably pay more for that.
1: So anyways, I thought I'd mention it because we've talked about it. And so there, yeah, the name change is in the works to VDO, Victor Delta Oscar dot ninja.
0: You know, as a side note, I have never seen Steve and you in the same room.
1: That's that's fair. Uh, no comment. I think he's Canadian too, I think.
0: I know he's Canadian. (laughs) We've been through this before. So Steven and Steve could be the same person. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm.
1: Very true. Anything else you want to throw in here before we shut down today's episode? Oh, look, we went way over half hour.
0: (laughs) We did. We did. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody that showed up in the chat room. And thank you to everybody that sent us questions in. We really appreciate that. And if you have a podcasting question, feel free to join us Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at Geeks.Live. We would love to uh, get your questions in and, and answer them live. Uh, other than that, this is just a fun time for us to, to riff back and forth, and we really appreciate you listening.
1: So for episode number 33 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Steven saying, yep, it's summertime. I don't have AC in here. That means I sweat a lot when I podcast.
0: MSP saying TMI, Stephen, TMI. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunnageek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.